0: I think CSM are not the only one to be concerned by the value brought by your solution and your product. For instance, the product team, they need to innovate, they need to get customer feedback in order to improve their product. The marketing team, they need to communicate well regarding the benefits. The salespeople, the pre people, they need to position and to sell correctly the product at first. So it's not only about the CSM. Gainsight presents the Game Changer podcast with host Adam Joseph.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast series. I am Adam Joseph, your host and the Senior Director of Customer Success at Gainsight. So in this episode, we're going to explore probably one of the most widely used terms in the whole of customer success, which is value. Now, one of the simplest definitions within customer success is that it's all about providing customer value by helping your customer achieve their goals by the use of your products or services. And written down on paper, it sounds incredibly simple, right? But I think anyone who's been doing this job for a while knows it's not quite that easy. There are many questions you want to ask about value. So, for example, how is it going to be defined? And is that definition, is it subjective or objective? Is both your customer and your own business on the same page as to what that value is? And actually, whether it can be achieved in an acceptable time frame or not? How can you demonstrate this value to all of your key stakeholders? And I mean that both externally and internally. And actually, what are some of the pitfalls? Sometimes if we fixate too much all about this value-based outcome, are we actually creating problems for ourselves if our customers actually can't define it? And that might actually call into question the need for our service at all. So there are so many thought-provoking questions there, and I'm really looking forward to help explore some of these with me, is Christophe Lebreu, who is the VP of Customer Success at NextSync. Christoph, I hope I have done justice to your surname and a very warm welcome to your podcast.
0: Yeah, no, it's perfect. And so, first of all, thank you, Adam, for this invitation. Value is a very hot topic. Uh, I will be pleased to share my uh,
1: thoughts about that. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's kick off. If you can give a, a kind of brief introduction into yourself, your role and NextSync as well for anyone who hasn't come across NextSync before.
0: Yeah. So, first of all, my accent will tell you that I'm French, based in Paris, but I've been working for a Swiss company called NetSync for five years now. NetSync is a software vendor operating in various locations in Europe, Middle East, and in the US, of course. Uh NetSync is providing solutions to improve the digital experience. So, what does it mean? In a very concrete way, Objective is to proactively reduce the number of incidents any user is facing by using a computer. So less incidents is better productivity and efficiency, but also much better satisfaction. So currently, we have about 1,000 customers and cover partially by 20 CSM worldwide
1: it. Now, as you say, your accent gives you a way of being in Paris, and many of us have, like myself, has been to Paris and loved it. And others who maybe haven't travelled there yearn to do so in the post-pandemic world. And whenever you think of Paris, it conjures up such images of the Eiffel Tower, the Louvre Museum, the Champs Elysees, and probably many others beside. But from someone who who lives in Paris, I want to find out: Could you describe like a hidden gem, something that maybe? When we think of Paris, we don't think about, but you would highly recommend anyone coming to the city to visit.
0: Yeah, I hope I won't be perceived as a weird person. Uh, <laughs> the place I've chosen yeah. is really a very hidden place, even if it's pretty wide and wild. you will see why. It's the Père Lachaise Cemetery. So maybe excuse me for the pronunciation. I'm not the only one to love this place because this is the most visited cemetery in the world. That's an incredible museum. With very nice, very impressive graves of famous people. So, for instance, you, you can visit some graves of famous writers like Balzac, Molière, Oscar Wilde, musicians like Chopin, Jim Morrison, painters, Delacroix, Ingress, Corot, and general of the French army, Massena, Murat. So, a lot of names of Paris avenues and streets. So, in that place, you can spend hours. It's a very eerie uh, place. Uh, so next time you come to Paris, I will be pleased to uh, visit this place with you, uh, Adam.
1: <laughs> Well, it's so funny you say that because in London, we have many famous cemeteries as well. Uh, Highgate Cemetery, I used to live very close by. And when we used to have visitors, very often we go there. It's a really interesting place, actually, some of the history and some of the people that are buried there. So I, I can really resonate with that. I think that's a great choice, Christophe. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Right, so so I will visit uh, the uh, the the, the cemetery in uh, London with you, and uh, we will visit in Paris.
1: (laughs) This is getting very macabre, but so so let's maybe get on to the the subject at hand, which is all about value. And I gave a very basic definition of value there in my intro, but I'm keen to see when when you hear the word value, Christoph, what does it mean to you, and why do you think there's such a focus in it in the world of CS?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. So I think the value is when your solution or when your services meet the customer needs and allow your customer to achieve their objective. So in that case, we are talking about return on objective, but it's also about when your solution and services have positive impact on uh, on your customer business and we can measure that impact. And we can quantify that impact. And in that case, we are not talking only about uh, return on objective, but return on investment, ROI. So for me, that's the definition of value. It has to be quantified. So for instance, at NetSync, we can improve the productivity. We can improve the security, the performances of the, your laptop, desktops. But at a certain moment, we need to quantify that in terms of savings or revenue increase, and at the end, it's about dollars and euros.
1: Yeah, and I think you raise a great point there about quantifying it, because in my experience, if we talk about value in purely subjective, what I would call fluffy terms, it becomes almost useless because it's so highly subjective what you're calling value and what your customers calling value and indeed what the rest of your business is calling value. If everyone's reading off the different hymn sheets, it could be very, very difficult to prove. Would, would you go along with that as well about how important it is to actually quantify it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very important to quantify because, in fact, your prospects, it starts with a prospect, not only with the customer. They expect conversation on the economic impact. And this is a a trend. This is a trend for various reasons. The trend started some years ago with selling methodology, like value selling, solution selling, and so on. And now it has been expanded to the, let's say, post-sales phases. So it's not only pre-sales. And that trend has been reinforced by the subscription and SaaS model. So if you don't adopt the value approach, your competitors will adopt that approach and you have to be uh, ahead of your competition. So I think it's very important for a software vendor and for the CSM to adapt and adopt that approach.
1: So I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, everyone should be rallying around this value and making it quantifiable. I think one of the challenges that a lot of people have is doing this at scale. However, you know, if you've got one or 10 or even 50 customers, I can imagine you can have those in-depth conversations with customers. You can understand what value is. You can quantify it. You can demonstrate it. I mean, you mentioned in your introduction, Christoph, that NextSync have a thousand customers and you've got 20 CSMs. So even if you do the simple math, you, there's, there's a scale issue there to think of. So how do you track this value and do that at scale? And, and how do you help demonstrate that and keep track of that internally as well? Yeah,
0: that's that's a good question. It's important to track the value from the very beginning and to transfer the knowledge of the value from department to other departments. And to do that, you need uh, apps or tools. You need playbook in order to uh, not reinvent the wheel and to have some very consistent approach. So first of all, you need to know what value is expected by the customer when they bought your solution. And then we need to define the journey to reach this value all those objectives. And for that, we have the concept of CSP, the customer success plan, and we need some tools to update the CSP, to share the CSP internally and externally. This That's a good solution to show progress and move forward. And then QBR are probably the best way to share outputs with the exec of your customers, but also internally. So QBR is a way to remain aligned and to share visibility, once again, internally and externally.
1: I think that's a really interesting point around the QBR, because, again, one of the other obstacles that a CSM might might fall into or be impacted about is the people that they're working with, the customers that they're working with, might not necessarily be the people who bought your software or service. Exactly. And so it's not only demonstrating value, to your day-to-day contacts. But sometimes the people who procured it might not actually get back involved again until the next renewal cycle. And one of the most important thing, whether you term it a QBR, a quarterly business review, or an executive business review that is maybe less frequent, but having the right people in the room where you can demonstrate that value is critical, particularly if you've got this juncture position whereby the people that you work with aren't necessarily the people responsible for signing off on the renewal or even upper cross-sell opportunities. Is,
0: is that what you've seen as well? Exactly, exactly. Operational people are usually not focusing so much on the value and the benefit or ROI. They are much more on the adoption, the implementation first, etc. So it's why you're right. We need to to speak to some other stakeholders and to check that uh, we are fully aligned with the value and they get the value uh, by using your solution
1: yeah and i think one of the most important skills a csm can have is almost be a, a journalist you know ask those probing questions and i've seen so often the quality of the question a csm asks has a direct link to the quality of the answer that you're getting back so if you ask an open-ended question like tell me the value that you want from using our service the, the answer you get might be a little nondescript or at best quite top level but then if i ask a different kind of question So, for example, if we fast forward 12 months from now, and I I ask this a lot of Gainsight customers, you know, let's fast forward 12 months from now. How do you expect your world to be different as a result of using Gainsight that it might not have been without it? And actually, that then leads into some really great, great discussion around actually trying to capture value and make it something that's not subjective, but objective. So, in your experience, Christoph, you know how can you make sure that your team and even yourself are asking the right kind of questions of your customers to help derive what this value actually is?
0: First of all, if I may, I think CSM are not the only one to be concerned by the value brought by your solution and your product. for instance, the product team, they need to innovate, they need to get customer feedback in order to improve their product, the marketing team, they need to communicate well regarding the benefits, the salespeople, the pre people, they need to position and to sell correctly the product at first. So it's not only about the CSM. Now, to answer your question, I think CSM, they need to be well-equipped. For instance, they need to get a clear value cases list, so with-use cases, impacts, metrics by each of the value cases or U cases. They need to rely on best practices and methodology. And as you said, they cannot afford to reinvent the wheel with each customer, and they need to listen a lot. So it's why uh, I think CSM, they need to, to be uh, well-trained, well-enabled, not only on the solution, but with some soft skills capacity to listen, to ask some very open questions, it's a valid point. So it's why sometimes for very strategic customers, especially when the value approach is so key, we need to have some very senior CSM.
1: Mm. And I think obviously it's a two-stage process. One is making sure that you're asking the right questions in the right way and you're employing great listening skills. But of course, if you're going to ask the question, you better be prepared to deal with the answer. And of course, sometimes when you're talking about value, and to your point, Christophe, you shouldn't be reinventing the wheel because if it's a value-based sell, hopefully right across the customer journey, a CSM really understands the value that a customer' is looking to achieve. However, value, you know the definition of value from a customer's perspective changes, particularly if you get a new executive sponsor who comes into your customer's business and maybe has a different idea about what is achievable from using your product or service. So, if a, a new executive sponsor comes in and has a what you might consider a totally unrealistic idea about what could be achievable, either from working with with you as a CS group or the product or service that you represent, how do you counter that? Because I think one of the most important traits from a CSM can have is authenticity, and obviously signing up for the definition of value. If we don't think it's achievable, I don't think we're doing us or the customer any favors by agreeing to that. So. It can be quite difficult, though, to push back. But what what have you seen as some good tactics to help kind of push back if we think that the value that's being defined isn't wholly realistic?
0: So first, of course, as usual, we need to qualify and to really understand why it's not achievable. So what are the reasons behind? Is it because the expectations were too high? Is it because the implementation is wrong? It can be due to the customer itself or to you as a provider and depending on the reasons the CSM needs to escalate and or build a remediation plan but it's uh, usually uh, challenging most of the time so uh sometimes maybe you need to resell the solution from scratch and uh, from the start but uh, i think uh, it's two step approach qualifying and building an action plan depending on the reason and you consider that uh, the value is not achievable
1: mm-hmm. And what about if it's the other end of the spectrum? So one end of the spectrum might be value that maybe you think isn't going to be achievable. But what, what if it's the other end of the argument and a customer can't articulate at all what value that they're looking to achieve? And it sounds mad, isn't it, that anyone, any individual or company would spend sometimes millions of dollars, euros or pounds on a service or product, but isn't quite sure what they're looking for it. But it, it's, I don't think that's a unique situation. Quite often, actually, people really struggle to really quantify what that value is. So what would be your advice there if if you're in that position?
0: That's very uh, challenging uh, as a question because it it really varies from one situation to another one. But first of all, as you said, the customer is always responsible of calculating the value. This is very important as a reminder. The CSM is not in charge of calculating the value for the customer. It's really about the customer is in charge of calculating the value of the solution is supposed to use. Now, if uh, the customer is not able to articulate that value, my recommendation is probably to find someone and to to see if someone internally could be able to provide a matrix and to calculate that value. Because maybe sometimes it's just because we are not talking to the relevant and to the right sectors. So uh, probably it's the first advice I will give. It's to probably to find someone able to help you internally. That's that's all.
1: Yeah. One of the other tactics that I've used in the past, and it'd be good to get your your feedback on this, is if a customer's really struggling to articulate what value it is that they're looking to provide, is if I'm working with other similar customers of a similar size and they're using a, a similar offering... There's a fine line between telling them what the value is, but you, I think you can guide them based on experience. And I think yeah, sometimes yeah. customers are looking to us actually to say, well, you know, you're the experts. What do you think the impact should be? So I, I do think we can slightly nudge customers to that way. Yeah. But I agree with you, we can't define it for them, but I think we can give them help, particularly if we've got peers of theirs that are also using similar services. Would you Would you think that's good advice as well?
0: Yeah, it's a good advice, but once again, introducing another customer to someone who is not able to see and to articulate the value is sometimes not the right approach so you have really to be sure that if you introduce a customer to a stakeholder that's the right and the relevant stakeholder otherwise that person won't understand and will tell you all the time oh yeah but it's not exactly the situation we are facing we are not similar etc yeah but you're right in fact we this is the role of the csm is not only to measure the value. But to increase the value, so by sharing best practices, examples, etc., etc., it's not only just about measuring the value and that's all.
1: I mean, we work together, you're a Think or a Gainsight customer. And I know one of the, you've spoken earlier about things like success plans and, and uh, playbooks and the like, but I also think as we think about health scores and the way that we can look to see the health of a customer, that's something that could be measured and, and put into a dashboard as well. I always think part of a, an effective scorecard should be whether a customer, A, that we've documented what value is and B, have we achieved it? Because I think it is an overall important indicator of customer health. Is, do you have that as part of your scorecard methodology as well?
0: Completely. We have a, a health score calculated for each of our customer. And uh, the fact we have uh, the value track is one subscore, which is very important in the weight of the global score because the rest is uh, just a, a mean or a way to achieve the, the value. So, for instance, the adoption, the uh, the way, or the we are measuring the level of training, etc. It's important, but it's not the final result. The final result is really about the success and the value. So, we have the challenge to calculate or to measure that value for sure, as all uh, the software vendors. But we try to consider that uh, it's the most relevant and the most important criteria for uh, calculating the L score.
1: Yeah. And I, I want to finish on a question that might seem a strange one, but I think it is valid. Which is, we all agreed that understanding value, quantifying it, demonstrating it to both your day-to-day contacts and key stakeholders is really important. But do you think it's sometimes counterproductive to have almost this zealous ideology all around value? Because sometimes, if a customer can't articulate it no matter how much help or assistance you can give them and sometimes they feel that they need to say anything to, to kind of help answer this value by question that actually we might be creating a bigger problem than may have existed anyway do you think sometimes we can get too fixated with talking about value all of the time
0: yeah yeah it's not only counterproductive sometimes but uh, it's really painful because we are not so sure to obtain the right value for many reasons for for instance the value could be uh, confidential. It could be uh, very sensitive information. The customer could be concerned about paying more if the value is really visible. They, they are afraid or worried about uh, uh, the, the renewal to be, uh, to be increased. Sometimes we have a lack of data. So it's, it's really a, a challenge to calculate the value. So it could be very time consuming. And in terms of pressure, you know, it's when you are putting a strong pressure, not only on the CSM, but also on the customer to calculate and to get the value you are insisting a lot or getting that value, you know what? When you perceive too much pressure, the risk is to obtain the wrong information because human beings don't like pressure. And to release the pressure, they will give you something. They will give you some wrong figures or fake figures just to release the pressure and okay, stop boring me or sending me emails or calling me about uh, that value. So they will give you something which is totally wrong. So it could be, uh, at the end, fully counterproductive. But I see some differences due to the cultural fit and uh, the countries. So, for instance, I think U.S. customers are probably more willing to share the value, to be transparent about uh, the value they will get good or bad. And some other countries, due to the culture, they are very hesitant and they consider the value as a very confidential information. So the risk, as you said, is to obtain and to base some uh, actions on
1: something which is totally wrong. Mm. Well, it's funny you mentioned about cultural differences. I think we could probably do a whole different podcast just about that. But I think that's a a great place to end. Christoph, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I found it a fabulous conversation because I said at the outset, value is probably one of the most spoken about topics. but. This is the first chance I've had to really drill deep on on that particular word and uh, how it resonates within CS. And look, hopefully it won't be too long before you and I are showing each other around our respective cities in a cemetery or two, apparently. But until then, Christoph, thanks again for your time today. It's been brilliant.
0: Okay. Thanks a lot for the invitation and good luck to all the CSM for uh, that value approach. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to studiopodsf.com.